to How About Them Huskers. My name is Boiler Francesco, and I'm joined, as always, by my grandpa from the heartland of Nebraska football in Omaha, Nebraska. Grandpa, how are you doing today? I'm doing just fantastic, and we got another great guest today. I'm excited to, to visit with him, so um, we're hitting home runs. I think that is that is awesome. <laughs> for sure, 100%. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, big thanks to Jordan for coming on last week, uh, speaking of which, Jordan Westerkamp, and then... Uh, yeah, so we have we have another guest on today. Uh, but before we introduce him, we'd like to thank you guys again uh, for listening. Uh, the episode with Jordan last week was our highest downloaded episode. So uh, thanks for thanks for listening every week, guys. And uh, yeah, we we have three or I guess four countries technically represented now in the uh, downloads, which is kind of cool. So yeah, um, we, we before also before we introduce our guest for this week, we wanted to talk just really quickly about uh, some Nebraska basketball news that broke this week uh, about Fred Hoiberg. Uh, two episodes ago, me and grandpa were talking about um, if, if he was going, if Hoiberg was going to stay at Nebraska uh, and that answer is yes, he got his contract extended. Uh, I forget for how long. Uh, and then he also, but he did get his uh, buyout slash, I believe almost in half. Is that correct? Grandpa? Pretty much. It went from 18 and a half to, a mere 11 million. I don't know how <laughs> I could get by on that. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. So, yeah. So that we'll talk about that uh, at some other point, but yeah, so we, we do have another guest on this week. I, I think I said at the end of last week that we maybe weren't going to, but we, we figured it out and uh, we have, we have the honor of talking to one of Nebraska's all time, great tight ends. Uh, he's a huge chief chiefs fan and even bigger Nebraska fan. Uh, please welcome Tom Banderas to the podcast. Uh, Mr. Medeiros, how how are you? Uh, what's oh. life been like after Nebraska football? Yeah, doing real good. You know, just uh, live locally here. I'm originally from Kansas City. Uh, my senior year, I met my wife that's a local gal, Lincoln Southeast. And here I am, still here, married, coming up on my 33rd anniversary. And I actually, I consider myself a Nebraskan now, transplant from Missouri. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's awesome. been, you've been married. Amy's been married to you for 33 years. April 1st. I got married April 1st, 1989. <laughs> <Yes>. Wow. <laughs> and what I always tell her every anniversary, I said, I assure you somebody somewhere owes me money because nobody <laughs> thought I <was> <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, uh, I was going to ask a trivia question, uh, just of the listeners. Uh, oh yeah, sorry. Go ahead. What what record that uh, Tom shares? He shares it with, uh, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, but three, excuse me, nine other Huskers, uh, and that includes like Clarence Thomas, Clarence Thomas, Clarence Swanson. I think that's Supreme yeah, Court Justice. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, Clarence Swanson from Wakefield, Nebraska. Johnny Rogers, uh, Frosty Anderson, and I think Brandon Kinney, if I'm not mistaken on that, Tom. I think the only two tight ends are myself and Tracy Wistrom. Wow. But the rest are, yeah, wingback receivers. We'll we'll tell them what the record is toward the end of the the, the podcast, but uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's quite impressive, but yeah. Uh, Yeah. one kind of miscellaneous question to start. So as a Chiefs fan, um, Grandpa was telling me that you were at that, uh, the Kansas, the divisional round game between the Chiefs and the Bills. Um, we talked about that a little bit because there wasn't, there's not a lot of football going on during the offseason. But what, what was that like? Uh, probably the best oh, football game. A phenomenal, 
phenomenal game. The, the, the crowd was off the chain. I was there, I think it was the 18 where we beat Tennessee to get back to the Super Bowl that we hadn't been, mm-hmm. you know, for decades. Uh, I think that this game against the Bills, the crowd was was crazier. Just by the way this game shook down, I actually thought it was probably the, the Super Bowl game. And Oh, yeah, we, 100%. Yeah, yeah, we had a fantastic – I don't remember a, a playoffs, NFL playoffs, with as great as games as we've had. Yeah. You know, for, for sure. three or four weeks in a row. And, you know, really, the the, the, the Super Bowl, I was okay with it. Uh, mm-hmm. It was still a four-quarter game, and it still came down to the last drive. So, yeah. you know, I, I think overall the NFL kind of got back in action with those mm-hmm. playoffs. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, and then oh, we'll, we'll get on to the more Nebraska-related stuff, but I just wanted to hear your take on that. That's, oh, that's sure. fun. Yeah. I wish I could have been at that game. That would have yeah, been, awesome. been a lot of fun. Awesome. But, yeah. Um, so we talked to uh, Jordan Westerkamp last week and he was talking about his recruiting process at Nebraska, uh, how, like from going from high school to uh, Nebraska and why he chose Nebraska uh, instead of uh, Notre Dame uh, was the other school that was going after him pretty hard. Um, what was, what was your recruiting process like 30 years previous to when Jordan Westerkamp is being recruited? Well, as Dan would know, uh, we didn't have any social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had things like, uh, you know, we had some, some magazines. I think it was a blue chip magazine that I still have, you know, Brian Bosworth is in there and a lot of the guys names that you would certainly know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, e- each school had lists that they compiled. I mean, for example, you had mentioned Westy had Notre Dame. Of course, that's natural for him up there in a Chicago area, mm-hmm. but, uh, I've, I've got an article from Notre Dame that, you know, on their list of 15 tight ends for that 1983 class that I was their number one tight end selection, you know, if they could have got me. And I, in fact, did go to a camp up there and I did take a visit up there. Uh, I'm still glad I came to Nebraska, but Mm -hmm. my grandma isn't. She was a little mad that I didn't go to Notre Dame. (laughs) But devout, staunch Catholic, I understand it, so I forget it. But, uh, No, it's exciting, you know, to be honest with you, I think the kids today think maybe differently than we do uh, then because I didn't even think about college football. I mean, I was a high school kid. I just loved all three sports, track, uh, football, and basketball. And uh, my high school coach kind of kept everything from me until the summer before my senior year. And then he brought uh, my dad and, and myself into the office and he brought out a big shoebox full of letters so we started opening letters from oklahoma and of course nebraska and texas and usc and wow i virtually had everyone you know uh, wanting me to come but i didn't know any of this because there's no social media yeah to keep it so you know before my senior year we had to open this thing up you know Mm -hmm. so everybody Mm -hmm. started you know we started talking and trying to make selections but i was a pro football fan Mm -hmm. i mean college i'm i as weird as it may seem, I, I just didn't even think about it. I was just trying to get every inch out of my high school career. I, I just played because I enjoyed the game, and I really wasn't even thinking about college mm-hmm. at that particular time. Mm-hmm. So the recruiting's changed a lot. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, I, I think social media is always good, but there's always, you know, double-edged swords. I mean, you yep. know, we, we have kids nowadays that have the the likes and the followers and you know they think they're two-time all-american before they hit campus yeah 
so 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 it, it's a dicey game. A head coach today is probably different than it was for Coach Osborne back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who who recruited you from the Nebraska staff? Charlie. Actually, Charlie actually recruited me as a defensive end. Wow. Yeah. So in Missouri, I was a I was an all-state tight end, all-state defensive end. And I was actually, this is the weird one, the outlier. I was actually all-state kicker. (laughs) Again, I'm fat now. (laughs) I was only about 220, 215, 220 in high school. So, you know, uh, but yeah, no, it it, it was all good. It, it, It was fun. But Charlie came down and he was my main recruiter. And, you know, the beautiful thing about it is my dad, who died in 2014, him and Charlie were, I mean, these two guys could have been brothers. You couldn't have gotten, you know, got, gotten a better fit for my dad. I mean, he's a blue collar guy, you know, him and Charlie could get along so well. Uh, so Charlie was my main recruiter. And then of course, you know, coach Osborne was the hammer. You know, he came down to the house one time and kind of closed the deal. I'll tell you a good kind of exciting story for me. I, I tell it all the time about my dad, because this just kind of shows you how, you know, no social media, just times were different back then. And you can ask your grandpa, you know, he'll tell you. What's the post office like? <laughs> oh yeah. So, you know, we're sitting there and coach Osborne, we're sitting at the, the kitchen table and, you know, he's talking to me and my dad. And, you know, he said, Tom, you know, we'd really like for you to come play football for us at the University of Nebraska. You know, and my dad goes, you know, what do you, you know, what's he get? I mean, you know, I know he's got to come up there and everything. My dad's sophomore. I think he quit high school as a sophomore. So, you know what I mean? Just a street smart guy, but, he, you know, not academia wise. Mm-hmm. So he didn't really know what this entailed. You know, so Coach, mm-hmm. Coach Osborne said, well, you know, we're going to give him all of the schooling and we're going to feed him and, you know, going to make sure he graduates. We're going to give him housing and, you know, give him a little bit of pocket change, you know, so he can have some incidentals and things like that. So my dad kind of paused and he looked Coach Osborne in the eye and he goes, you mean to tell me that you're going to pay for all of his schooling, pay for all of his food, pay for where he lays his head and give him pocket change and you're going to pay for all that. And Coach Osborne <laughs> said, yes, sir, that's the deal. And my dad looked at me and he goes, that seems like a pretty good deal to me, son. <laughs> so, you know, I took a couple other visits, but, you know, and I, and I started doing some studying on Nebraska and because I wasn't a college fan, you know, then I, then right. I got to really getting in there and I'm like, Oh, wow. I mean, they want me to come up there and play tight end. You know, we're, we're perennial top five in the country mm-hmm. and uh, things like that. So yeah, it was, it kind of ended up being a no brainer and it was within three hours of where I grew up. So my pop could, you know, come up and see all the games. How much much pressure were you getting from, you know, people, you know, family to, you know, stay at, go to Missouri in in state university. But yeah, Missouri was a big pool. I mean, it was only 90 miles. I mean, from where I grew up. So I was always going down there to the basketball games and, you know, that's when they had old John Sunbold and Steve Stavonovich. They had great, great team in the big eight. Uh, and nationally, but, uh, you know, they were doing things for me where I'd go down there and, and, you know, the guy that got it, that gets to go out once in a while and shoot the half court shot, you know, mysteriously, I'd, I'd have the, you know, the winning program or whatever, where they said, you know, check your program. And if it's this, yeah. number, Oh, well, ah, you know, I got it. So, I mean, I shot a couple half court shots and really? you know, they took really good care of me, but 
I don't know what it was. I could have probably went down there, stayed, kept my weight down and probably caught 20, 30, 40, you know, balls a season easily. Uh, but something dragged me to Nebraska and, and I've called, called, uh, told coach Osborne many a times that, you know, hindsight's 2020, but if I had to do it again, I, I, I'd take the same path. I'd come right back up here to Nebraska. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Um, when we're on the subject of changing in terms of, uh, the scene with college football, uh, two things that have happened in the last year or so, the NIL and the transfer portal, how, what effect do you, what, and what effect do you think it is going to be short-term and long-term on the game of college football? Well, Dan, you and I have talked about this many times. I, I don't like it uh, for several reasons, multiple reasons. Uh, I, I don't think the, the, the money's going to be equitable. I mean, this isn't pro sports, but they're, they're sure seemingly, you know, trying to get it to pro sports. I just, I don't like the whole thing. It's got a bad feel for me. Uh, you know, the commitment aspect you know, when I came here, there was not one time when I was ninth on the depth chart to the seventh, to the fifth, to the third, and I, you know, made it to the top of the depth chart. Not one time uh, did I think about leaving. I mean, I signed a contract with the University of Nebraska. Uh, they signed it with me. Uh, you know, unless I got myself in trouble, Coach Osborne was going to honor that, whether I played it down in my whole career. So I just don't, I, I just don't like the feel of it. Um, I think you're going to get some some situations to where kids are just kind of playing for money and their, their heart's not in with the team. And it's just going to be a free agency type thing. And uh, from what I'm understanding is uh, this money is starting to get real, real big. And uh, I'll give you an example, how some of these five stars and these big time recruits, when they come visit, you know, of course you always want your parents to come. You always have that one where you can bring your parents and, uh, Boy, they, they're, they're wanting to be flown in on private jets and, and things like yeah. that. Uh, so I just think it's just 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 gotten way out of control. What originally was supposed to be uh, because, they, you know, NCAA making billions and all this stuff. Uh, I think there's another way to get a little bit more equity to all the players instead of having one guy on your team make a million dollars. Like I always said, your left guard, he gets what, free haircuts and free Hertz donuts. I mean, it just, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't work, uh, yeah. you know, or, or one guy gets a brand new Ford truck and the other guy gets weird Wally's, you know, $2,900 special. I mean, yeah, I, I just don't like it. I think it's going to cause some problems in the locker room. And, and that's what I had said earlier. I, I wouldn't want to be a head coach right now mm-hmm. because it used to be between X's and O's and, you know, getting everybody to play together. But now, now you're sitting here trying to, get the rich people in the state to donate money to give some 19 year old kid a million dollars that, that just don't seem right to me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's already happening. I, I heard, like, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I heard from a pretty reliable source that Caleb, uh, uh, the, the kid uh, quarterback transferred from Oklahoma to be with his coach at Southern Cal, I guess signed there for $3 million. I don't know if that's true. If you find out, let me know, but I, heard I certainly that. can believe it, Dan. I can certainly believe it. No, no doubt. Uh, there's that story down there. That kid in Texas is, you know, he was supposed to play his senior year. He was the number one rated junior quarterback in the country. And uh, the college where he, he had kind of committed to, they said, Hey, we've got a million dollars waiting for you. 
Well, he didn't even play his senior year that he didn't even play his senior high school year because he was worried he'd get hurt. I mean, you're going to have There's players. Another that, thing, yeah. Yeah, you're going to have players that graduate college, don't play one down of professional football, and could have two, three, four million dollars in the bank. And that that just, I, I you you think that's going to help spurn their education? I don't. They're just going to kind of get by as minimally as they can to play one, two, three seasons and and, and be done. Yikes. You so you wonder just as a college football fan, where is this going to end? I mean, there has to be a some some I don't know. I don't know what the NCAA is looking the other way because they don't want to put up with the lawsuits. Right. I think they threw it out there. There's going to have to be a governing body that tightens these screws a little bit. Because the other thing I heard was, you know, if you have that NIL, and let's say a guy's, you know, you're paying, you know, some kid $5,000 a week or $5,000 a month. You know, if he gets hurt, if he transfers, if he quits, you know, that contract's kind of over. Well, now they're talking about signing bonuses because you don't have to give those back. So a kid goes, hey, I'm the number two guard at Alabama. You want me to come to Nebraska? You know, I want $2 million. I don't want it in NIL. I want a signing bonus, which means if I get hurt the next play or the first time I'm, you know, out there, I get the two mil. So, I mean, I I, I have no idea where it's going to end, but it's just gotten nuts because, you know, Dan, you have half the NFL that's in trouble with Uncle Sam and the IRS. And these guys have agents and everything. Now you're going to give an 18, 19, 20 year old kid $2 million. <laughs> it just, it's just not going to work. Yeah. It's so like we'll giving see the, where it ends. We'll see where it ends. It's like giving the keys to your brand new Porsche to a, you know, a 12 year old kid. Maybe I'm a little jealous. I don't know. Yeah. I, I would maybe like to make a little bit of money back in the day. Well, some of that is, it's like, I, I know Jordan Westerkamp had the same uh, opinion you did, the same sentiment that it's that it's not good that they you get well taken care of in college, and this is kind of crazy. But then he admitted he comes from an affluent family, and maybe for his parents to come out to see him play every week, even when he might not be starting, you know, something that maybe an inner city kid can't do. Maybe I, I mean I don't know. I well, I, but I'm okay with that, Dan. That's what I was talking about the equity part. Yeah. So let's get in the University of Nebraska $5 million fund and we take care of kids like that, that we yeah. know that their parents, yeah, let's get them out here, not on a private jet, yeah. but let's, let's pay for that coach. Let's get him out here so they can look at their son. Let's set them up with over at the hotel for a night or two. Right. right. So they don't have to have that outlay, but that way your third team guard from California, who's not getting any, any money because he's third right. team. Right. But that doesn't mean that he's not part of that team and shouldn't right. share some of that money. This isn't this isn't the professional ranks where, you know, the quarterback you know quarterbacks make thirty million and the left guard makes two million. Right. But th- this yeah. is collegiate. This is not professional. But they're yeah. turning it into that. Mm-hmm. It's a wild, wild west, isn't it? It is, and, and you know, and again, it's it's got to have some. Uh, some strings attached to it here. They'll get to it. I think they threw it out a little bit early, but uh, they'll get to it. I think it'll tighten up a little bit. Yeah. Let's hope so. Yeah. Speaking of strings attached, we want to talk about uh, a little bit about Scott Frost's new coaching hires and 
what what you think that's going to like we me and grandpa uh over the past six episodes of the podcast have talked uh, a lot about one the new coaching hires just in general and what they've accomplished at like say with mark whipple at pittsburgh uh, mickey joseph at lsu um but what do you think that those hires will change the trajectory of nebraska's program just from their uh like from their experience um and their uh, like the way that they're coaching or do you think that it was a waste of time to try and switch around the staff and have the offense and learn a whole new system? Oh, you know, I think change is good when things haven't been going good. So, you know, I'm optimistic from that standpoint, you know, I'm going to give it about four weeks. So we have uh, over there in Ireland, what do we have Northwestern? Then we mm-hmm. have two subpar opponents. Uh, I don't know who they are. I know one's North Dakota. Mm-hmm. I wish it was North Dakota State. Yes, yeah, <laughs> maybe and not. Maybe not. Kind of a revamped <laughs> Oklahoma. So mm-hmm. I'm going to wait and, and uh, give my, you know, take on it after four weeks because you know it's not fair for me to to see how these new coaches are. You know, yeah, yeah. I love Mickey. I love Mickey. I think Mickey's going to be a. He's mm-hmm. I think proven. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, whip. I don't know yet because you know, did he make the the quarterback over there? Uh, a first round pick and a Heisman candidate or was the guy just a first round pick and a Heisman candidate? Yeah. Your, your grandpa could have coached him. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> yeah. we don't, we don't know that yet. So mm-hmm. I, I've got to see what he can do. You know, we have an offensive line coach with not much experience. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, he's the one of the Raiola, you know, Dominic's brother. So, mm-hmm. but, but he don't really have much experience. I don't know the running back coach, but you know, the only comment I'll make is we have a lot of moving parts, right? So mm-hmm. we lose six super seniors on defense. We lose the center. We use the quarterback, the big tight end. Now mm-hmm. you're going to infuse offensive coaches. So, you know, a, a big fear would be, you know, until we get things worked out, you know, Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern, that's not going to be a pushover over there in Dublin. Yeah. Even though we blew them out this last year. So mm-hmm. they'll be back. Uh, so, so we'll see how it goes, but you know, Honestly, with the schedule we have, in my opinion, if we don't go eight and four, it's epic failure. I mean, yeah, six yeah. and six is just a, a failure yeah. for the circumstances. So, you know, that's kind of my opinion on it. But of course, you know, I, I, I'm an alumni, and I mean, I want us to win every game. And yeah, this has been hard as hard on us former Huskers as it is anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and I, I assume Scott Frost would be right in the camp with me. I mean, he's mm-hmm. got to be disappointed as is anyone. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I'm hoping that we turn the corner a little bit. We have the we have the the opponents this year. We have the opportunity to get seven or eight. You know, yeah, so maybe that'll be what we need. Just a little bit of success. Yeah, yeah. Hey Tom, uh, getting back to your days at Nebraska, you played uh, 85, 86, and 87. Um, you you had great success against your home state when you went three and zero against them, and then went zero and three against Oklahoma and. I was just curious to see, did those three wins over your home state school kind of make up for the losses to Oklahoma or not? No, no, Dan. You know, the thing that was unfortunate about it, if uh, back in that year we had the playoffs, you know, this four-team playoff, yeah. you're, you're going to have a situation just like you had with Georgia and Alabama. I mean, the top two, you know, we, we, we were definitely, us and Oklahoma were definitely the top four teams in the country. So, so we, you know, if we played. You're talking about 87? Huh? You're talking about 87? 
85, 85, six and seven. Okay. Okay. Well, you guys went 29 and let's see, 29, you played 36 games, uh, 29 and seven. You went right. You got to realize, yeah, you got to realize Dan that the, the seven losses were against, you know, top five opponents. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. We weren't losing to, you know, we were, we were losing the top five opponents, uh, you know, and every year we would play in what would be a New Year's Day Bowl, which is a right. BCS Bowl. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we lost twenty to seventeen, we lost seventeen to seven, and what we lost maybe a fourteen to ten, something yeah. like that. So none of these were blowouts. I mean, this right. would have been a situation where, you know, the winner goes to the one seed and the loser goes to the four or the three seed, let's say, and we'd have played them in the national championship. You know, mm-hmm. pro- pro- probably two of those years. So. And that was the unfortunate thing. We just happened to be in the same conference and we just, you know, rubbed each other off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so your sons both played at Nebraska. Uh, Josh was there for five years, I believe. Um, and then it, it, we you also got some good news about him getting drafted into the USFL earlier this week, um, which is uh, always, always good to see Nebraska players getting into professional sure. football, but uh, what was, so did you, after going to Nebraska, what were like when Josh was considering um, college football, um, how, how hard were you like pushing Nebraska? Not necessarily like on him, but just like kind of like from experience being able to tell him about like what the program's like. Uh, and, yeah, there, and there, was, there, there was really never any contest. He, he was coming to Nebraska. You know, yeah. uh, well, I tried to uh, coerce him to take some visits mm-hmm. just because you only get to experience this stuff one time in your life. Yeah. So I actually wanted him to take four other visits, Nebraska being five. Mm-hmm. But uh, he just didn't want anything to do with it. You know, yeah. he, he, he was going down there. Uh, you know, we went down there. Bo had us down and sit in the office. And, you know, we had to kind of keep our cool. Uh, Bo offered him. Uh, I had figured that Bo was going to offer him, but mm-hmm. uh, kind of Joe Cool back to the elevator. And as soon as that <laughs> elevator showed, God, I hope they didn't have cameras in that elevator because guys were jumping around in like a couple fools. In there. <laughs> so anyway, it was a good day. I, I I felt good for him and everything. You know, I'd got the chance to experience it and. You know, he'd always ask me growing up, you know, what's it like to run out of the tunnel? What's it like to be on the field? And, mm-hmm. you know, I told him, I said, son, I can't explain it to you. I said, it's something that you're going to just have to earn and experience it yourself. And uh, so, yeah, that first tunnel walk he had was, you know, he, he was walking on clouds running out in front of the, you know, 80, 85, 89,000 yeah. or whatever they had in there. Yeah. But, no, it was a fun experience for me. And, and sitting in the stands, it, it was uh way more pleasurable than me being out on that field when I was young, because I think what happens when you're young is, you know, Hey, look, I'm just trying to play football and, you know, get an education. I mean, you, you first time you're away from home. And so, you know, a lot of times that time just passes, you know, you're in the real world, but you know, you take a little bit of it uh, for granted is maybe what I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking back, I very much appreciated it, but, you know, when you're young, you're just living, you know, playing football, chasing girls. <laughs> uh, trying to Not make in it that order, though, right? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. So, uh, yeah, you know, I really, 
it, it, it was a good, real good deal for him. Uh, and my younger boy, Anthony, heck of an athlete. He passed up a scholarship in the FCS level up there at uh, South Dakota. And uh, as Frost inaugural class, we went down and Frost said, you know, at this point, can't give you a scholarship, but we'd love for you to walk on. Since I had done it, since Josh done it, you know, Anthony, you know, tried it about two years and, you know, came to me and said, dad, I just don't, uh, I just don't love it, you know, mm-hmm. for, for, for what I got to do down there. And so, you know, I told him to go down there and talk to Frost and, and Barrett. And of course they very well understood. And, you know, cause that, that, that's, that's a sport where if you don't absolutely love it to the core, it's not worth it because yeah. it, it's just a ton of work. Mm-hmm. You know? Now, conversely, Josh, look at him. I mean, he's 27 now, two shoulder surgeries. You know, you, you, you give that kid a helmet, he'll put it on and play for free. Mm-hmm. But that's just, you know, that's just his love of the game. I mean, that, yeah. That's what you have to have. Yeah. What, uh, what, what is his year going to look like? When, when do they start? I don't know that much about USFL. Well, he's going to be going, going out there about, you know, third week in March. They're going to have a three-week mini camp and a 10-week season. Uh, wow. You know, uh, they're running it all out of Birmingham, Alabama. What, what they've kind of decided, Dan, was is some of these leagues might have been able to make it, but they ran out of money. What I mean by that is you can't have eight teams in eight different cities with eight different stadiums and your travel crossed. It's just too much. So they're trying this new concept of uh, all eight teams are going to be housed in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, and wow. The game will be played in Birmingham. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And then the goal is, is season survives. You know, Fox is a big sponsor. So, you know, it should if it wants to, right? And uh, next year have all these teams in their respective cities and maybe even add two teams. So that's kind of the goal. You know, survival is the big thing in these leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you survive two years in these leagues, then the NFL Players Association, NFL itself, will kind of sponsor you and say, okay, this thing's a viable league, kind of a viable farm club, Yeah, you know, for, for the pro ranks. Because, hey, trust me, this is good football. These guys are guys that, like Josh, blew a calf and couldn't get back in or, you know, blew a knee, couldn't get back in. Great college players that just had that shot in the league and, you know, they got cut for this reason or the other. But, you know, the talent is so close uh, that, you know, they're, 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 there's going to be some good football going on. Awesome. Um, I uh, was just thinking, you know, you – I like to go back to our – days or your days of, of playing for the Huskers and you played, if you go through the roster there, <laughs> the talent level that you played with is, I mean, I just, I just, I just checked the rosters for the three years you played there and it was Jim Scowl. It was and, and Danny Noonan, Broderick Thomas, Neil Smith, Tom Rathman. It's like, and of course, you know, we got Tom, Ra- uh, Tom Banderas there. Too. Hey, that's I right. Mean, that's right. I mean, there's a saying you're messing in tall cotton. You were, you were messing in tall cotton. That, that was, it was off the chart. Some of the best talent ever assembled. Yeah. I played with some great players and against some great players. Like I said, I played three years against Brian Bosworth. We locked up many times, Leslie O'Neill. He's a hall of famer that played for the chiefs in the San Diego. And of course my good friend, Neil Smith and Sandman, 10 years in the league. Uh, You know, of course, Tom Rathman, I blocked for him in 1985. And we had Mark Munford, you know, three yeah. times big ten line or a big eight linebacker. Then, 
Brian Washington played several years, you know, then I, you know, my quarterback was Steve Taylor. Uh, you know, we had some nice linemen, nice running backs, you know, Doug DeBose. Yep. Uh, so no, 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 we, we had a who's who. I mean, we, we, you know, I always said this coach Osborne's credited with three super or, uh, national titles. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, I love this year when, uh, you know, I talked to people and we had the close, you know, the close losses. Yeah. And they said, man, if we could have had eight plays back, you know, we could have had four <laughs> more games. And I tell them if I could have eight plays, coach Osborne would have four more national championships. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of the difference we're talking about. You're talking about winning a game against Illinois. And I'm talking about give me two plays and coach Osborne has two more titles. So, yeah, you know, some, some narrow misses, but you know, we never complain about those. We had the opportunity and, and, and we didn't get the win. So, you know, congrats to the other team. Do you have any stories that you could share about any of those? Cleet Blakeman, of course, we now he's an NFL. Oh, sure. Yeah. Cleet threw me some touchdowns. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, we just had, we just had a great time, you know, a couple of my real good buddies and, you know, it's too bad. We had some real good stories with him is Willie Griffith, really Griffin and Tyrese Knox. I spent a lot of time with those guys They were both from California. Yeah. And uh, both those, the, both those friends of mine have died here in the last four years, I'd say. So, nice. uh, but no, I still run around and, and, and talk to Sandman and, you know, I talked to Neil when I was down at the game in Buffalo, you know, we, we just have all kinds of uh, fun, fun stories. You know, Dan, I don't, that's kind of some of them things we always talk about, you know, we kind of keep in the locker room, good and yeah. bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's kind of some of that camaraderie uh, that, that you build when you kind of, you know, you're just getting beat up with each other. Right. I mean, you, you know, you're, 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 you're going through the two a days and you know, th- this is club med these guys go through. <laughs> hey, hey, I understand the NCAA and trying to protect kids yeah. and you know things like that. But oh my goodness, I mean, what we did back then, these, these guys would cry and go home to mama. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, so but but yeah, no, just wonderful memories. And like I said, if I if I could do it again and everything went exactly the same, I I, I certainly would would do it again. That's awesome. That's awesome. Will you got any questions? Uh, I'm, I don't have any more. If you, if I, I know you might have a few. Well, we could just get up, into, but... uh, to the, the day that he, uh, uh, we didn't set the record, but he tied the record. And yeah, for those, we said at the beginning of the, of the podcast that, uh, he shares a, a university of Nebraska school record for the number of, or the, catching three touchdown passes in one game. Now you mentioned Frosty Anderson and Johnny Wright. They're wingbacks, slot backs. They're you know wide receivers. And then uh, Tom comes along. He's a tight end. What that day was was October thirty first. It was Halloween of of nineteen eighty seven. Your number, by the way, eighty seven. Right. Take take me through that day or the week going up to that game. Did you always get up for Missouri because it was home state school or? No, not really. I mean, you know, Coach Osborne always did a great job with us. I mean, we were up, up for everybody. You know, that's a, that's what we were trained for, whether it be Kansas or Oklahoma. You know, we tried to have the mind right and and, and prepared just the same for everybody. So I, I didn't ever feel like I was more, you know, excited or not. You know, because you'd been trained and drilled so much that you were almost like a. Certainly, I don't want to compare when I say soldier. You know, our yeah, soldiers know. are special yeah. people. And they're playing. Yeah life and death. I mean, we were just playing a game, but we were very, very regimented, 
you know, so, so no, I, I wasn't jacked up any more than any others. I, you know, I have always had about 50 or 60 people in the crowd when we played at Missouri because, yeah. you know, I was from 90 miles away and, mm-hmm. you know, the game just gets going and it's going good. And, you know, I caught a little touchdown pass and, you know, I thought, okay, man, this is awesome because, <laughs> you know, you got to think back in the day, we were, we were a power running team. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I bulked up when I was, you know, basically a third guard, really, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was a little bit bigger than the average tight end, and, but I always had good hands from high school and, and things like that. So uh, we block so well and they keep stacking the box on us that, you know, the tight ends historically have been able to slip out and, and, and pretty much wide open. So, yeah, I think Taylor threw me one and then I think Taylor threw me two and Cleek Blakeman yep. actually threw me one touchdown. Were you aware? I really didn't the, think about it even then. I just, you know, you think it's kind of unique. You're like, yeah. oh my, you know, uh, a tight end in Nebraska goes out there and catches three touchdowns. Uh, you know, I end up uh, being the offensive Big Eight Player of the Week, which, you know, was kind of a highlight for me. There's only been, awesome. mm-hmm. yeah, in the history of the Big Eight, another little factoid is there's only been three Big Eight offensive players of the week, and that would be that were tight ends. And that would be Kellen Winslow, who was a two-time All-American and multi-year yeah. All-Pro. Yeah. And then, of course, of course, Keith Jackson, you know, who was, a, <laughs> you know, you know what he was. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he was a two, two or three, two-time All-American. And, a, you know, I think he made All-Pro a couple of times, too. And then there's me, you know. That's awesome. So, but no, no, it, it was a really fun experience. And, and, you know, it's something that, you know, I always kind of like seeing in there that, you know, yeah, I mean, that, that record stood the test of time, you know, I mean, I don't know if anybody will ever have four and that's going through this offenses, this Callahan, yep. you know, and Zach mm-hmm. Taylor. And then, you know, even coach Riley there, what in 18, he had Zach Lee where yeah. they were throwing that ball all over the place. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think that, you know, it's going to be tough for a tight end to get four, uh, but you know, records are meant to break and I'm sure somebody will at some point. When did you find out that you had tied the record? Uh, you know, I didn't even know that I, they, you know, they said, they said I had to go do a little interview. They said, you know, they named me offensive, you know, big eight player of the week and, you know, things like that. And then I think when I got home, I think somebody told me, cause see, Dan, we didn't think about those things. Yeah. You know, we didn't have internet. We didn't, couldn't look anything up. You know, I was just getting the pat on the ass and, you know, everybody, <laughs> touchdowns, you, know, for, you know, and things like that. So I was just, you know, waiting to get home to my wife probably back then, you know, I was waiting to get back to, to Lincoln and, you know, go out on the town a little bit and celebrate, you know, that we had the big win. Mm-hmm. Did Tom Osborne say anything to you after the game or was it just like, no, no, just a little pat on the butt. And, you know, cause see to coach Osborne, I, I, I'll tell you a quick story. I, I think it was uh, 1985. I'd kind of just gotten to the lineup. It was, uh, I was kind of the second, you know, we always ran two tight ends. Todd Frain was a senior. I was a sophomore. So I was on like in the weak side. I was just kind of getting in, getting going. And, you know, I made a good block and, you know, and I, I had a, I caught a pass and, you know, and I, and I come off on the sideline, of course, you know, I'm really jacked up, right. I mean, I'm yeah. The lineup and everything, and, you know, and I asked coach Osborne, cause you know, we out there that second tight end or second receiver, you always got to stay by coach Osborne, you know, whether it be one tight, two tight, you know, whether the formation. So we're always there together. And I, you know, I said, what do you think coach? I said, that was awesome. That, that was pretty good. Wasn't it? You know, and he just kind of looked at me very stoically and said, Hey Tom, that's what I gave you the scholarship to do. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right? He goes, yeah, yeah, good job, but that's what I'm paying you to do. So um, keep doing it. He, so by yeah, the way, he just – Right then, you know what I mean? That way, you know, on those touchdowns, you just toss it to the ref and you go on back because, you know, it, 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 I, that's what I always preach about, appreciate about Coach Osborne. You know, it keeps you grounded. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes these players down here and you're giving them all this money and they get all the accolades and the fans there for them. Sometimes they get too big for their britches. Yeah. You know, and I, and I mm -hmm. told Josh uh, – uh, you know, if I ever seen him loafing and things like that, I said, when you're in that stadium, you look at all them fans up there. I said, those guys would probably give their left leg to be out on this field for one play. Mm -hmm. So I said, I don't want to see you loafing. I don't want to see you complaining, any of that. These fans are here to see you. Give it, give it hell out there. So I know he always remembered that, but yeah, I always appreciate the fans. You know, sometimes, like I said, some of these players, I think, get a little big for their britches and, you know, act like fools out there instead of, you know, re really knowing what's going on here. And you're playing for Nebraska and the people of Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Osborne, Osborne used to say uh, somebody would, like, do a hot dog play after he scored a touchdown. He said, act like you've been there before. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Which this is, is what we train to do, and you're just executing what we've trained for day in and day out, week in and week out over the summer. Don't. Yeah, don't be a fool. There's just no need for it. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, Coach Osborne just turned 85 on Wednesday, so uh, kind of a belated happy birthday to Coach. Uh, I hope he's doing well. Um, he spoke at our at one of our salute events. Uh, this is when he was 80, and I, I said, Coach, what does it feel like to be 80? And he just looked at me like, <laughs> don't ask that question. <laughs> you know, he was uh, – I've seen him several times, you know, here, you know, over the last year, but about yeah. three, three years ago, coach Osborne is still sharp as a whip. He, uh, oh, yeah. of course he's not six, four anymore. Right. I mean, T.O. might be six, one, maybe. Uh, <laughs> so I, I walk up to him and of course he, he calls me Thomas, you know, yeah. uh, oh. and he's got a heck of a memory still, but he calls me Thomas and I kind of kid around with him. You know, I said, <laughs> Hey coach, I said, you're getting a little shorter. He goes, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. he, he said, you're getting a little fatter. I said, <laughs> so yeah, he still, hey, he, he still has that dry humor. He, he he'll still, he'll still get you. I love it. Hey, uh, speaking of salute and I'm going to put a plug in, uh, maybe if you can make it to our golf scramble, you, you've been good. Tom is, well, he's, he's been, to, you've been to, both of you guys have been to the salute events in the fall and mm -hmm. you haven't, you will, you haven't been to a golf scramble yet, but you no, will be at this one coming up June 24th. Correct. Yep. So both of us will be there, Lord willing. But Tom has always been a good loyal supporter of Husker fans salute the troops. I don't know how many autographs you have signed Tom in that period of time. Hundreds I'm guessing. Oh yeah, no doubt. And, 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 and I'll tell you what, I can't wait for the next person to ask for my autograph because one day they won't. So <laughs> I, I, I'll take my time on any of them and I enjoy talking to them and thanking them for their service. And, you know, I love seeing their families and, you know, some of the young athletes that, you know, we talk to that are the grandsons and great grandsons and things like that. So no, nope, I'll always be there for that. I, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, so the, uh, June 24th is the golf scramble. Uh, it's a Friday morning, uh, uh, shotgun at 10 a.m. Put it down on your calendar. We'd love to have you there. 
Um, Mickey Joseph is going to be our uh, featured speaker. So we're oh, awesome. jacked Excellent. up. Yeah. So, Excellent. but anyhow, um, I don't know, Will, if you have anything more you want to add. Uh, I just, I want to. Just that yeah. golf scramble is in Omaha, correct? No, Ashland. Ashland. Okay. Okay. It's, cool. it's halfway between Omaha and Lincoln, which is. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Ashland Golf Course or Golf okay. Club, I guess. Okay. Right. So, yeah. Just, just for anyone that uh, was listening and was wondering where it was. But yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I don't have anything else, Grandpa, if, uh, if you have anything else. But. Just wanted to thank Tom because he's a blast. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Oh, no, yeah. no, I appreciate you having me on. Good luck on the podcast here. I wish you success on that. I'm going to go in and kind of watch some of the other ones, you know, like Westy on there. I'd like to see Westy. I knew those boys. They were around, you know, when Josh was down there. So I'd go mm-hmm. down and practice and really go, got to know them and their family. So that's good stuff. And give our best to Josh. And uh, I'm going to get an update on him. Uh, and, uh, you know, as we get closer to the starting time of that, and, uh, I really appreciate it. You're such a good guy and, and, uh, you're, you're, you were number 87 in our program, but you're number one. <laughs> hey, Danny. All right, brother. I appreciate it. Tom, thanks so much and take care and have a great day. Okay. Thank you. All right. And we will talk to you listeners next week. Uh, maybe we'll have a guest on again. I don't know. Uh, we'll talk more about Fred Hoiberg and then some uh, other recruits uh, as well that Nebraska got committed for the uh, next year's class. Uh, other than that, have a great rest of your week, and we will talk to you next week. Go Big Red. <laughs>